before I jump into the text, I just want to uh, just share this. You know, lots of you, you see me and you see how I am. Uh, if you're here in church or just in online, you see me jumping all over the place and all that and running back and forth. And fact of the matter is, man, I, I share this. Um, I've shared it previously. I share it all the time uh, because it truly is my testimony. You know, there was a time, man, when I used to run out of church. Come on, somebody. There was a time when uh, because my mind was gone and, you know, um, just considering like uh, how many of you watched uh, Get Out? How many of you are familiar with that movie Get Out? Remember that sunken place? You know, like that's what it felt like because uh, for those who are new to my testimony, as I shared, you know, I uh, smoked some laced weed, as we believe, and lost my mind. And I felt like I was trapped in my body and that I was never able going to be able to get out. It was a horror story for me. And I started having severe panic attacks. And, you know, it was just like I would literally be standing in places and feeling like I would disappear and all of this. And, you know, in church, I actually people don't realize, like, on top of that, uh, if this wasn't already enough, I am actually by nature an introvert. And somebody said, me too. <laughs> Introverts unite. But this is the thing, right? Like, uh, someone say I'm more of a mixtrovert now, right? But when you see me up here, like, I, the thing is, there's still distance, right? Like, and a lot of times people see how you are when, especially if you're a communicator or if you're in these types of roles, and they think that this is just the way you are. See you jump and run around, stuff like that. But it was not always like that. And I'll never forget, you know, uh, I have a lot of nicknames, right? But one of my nicknames that I got uh, out of that season was Flipper. So I say Flipper. And they started calling me Flipper because I will never forget, man. I got to the place one Sunday in church. You know, I used to uh, play music uh, full time. I was a church musician full time. And I'll never forget, man, one Sunday I was there. I'm the guy that would play uh, but would just sit there kind of and do my thing and not do anything. And I'll never forget. I was on, I think it was the bass guitar. And right there in that moment when the worship was high and this guy that usually runs out of church that has been severe pantacks in the sunken place, something just hit me in that moment. Now I know it's the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And in that moment, there was a cry that rose up in me and I started jumping and I can still see that moment. Everybody was looking like, what on earth? Who is, are you serious? And they call me Flipper because they said I used to jump in. That's, that's where that came from. But <laughs> just man, yo, people have no chill fam. And so anyway, like I'm jumping. I never forget jumping. And the church is a huge church. There was a banister. There was a banister that was at the side, like a railing. And I was jumping so high. They thought I was about to, I was about to come over the banister. So they ran over to me. You should have seen them. They were blocking the banister, trying to block me from falling over and breaking myself in that moment. But I just kept jumping. I kept jumping and crying out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that was a game-changing moment for me in my life. Because in that moment, uh, I recognized that, that God was greater than what I was facing at the time. Come on, somebody. And I knew that although I felt like I was in the sunken place and although I felt like I couldn't get out and it's so difficult to be able, this is before I became a preacher or any of that sorts of stuff. And, I, and that moment, that moment, uh, I, as the Lord begun to work on my heart and I started jumping and I started praising. Come on, how many of you know that God is a deliverer? And 
and in crying out to God I am a witness I'm a witness people wonder why are you the way you are why you've been I've been pastoring now over 17 years and preaching and I started as a young man and because I encountered Christ as a result of crying out to him come on in my time of distress and he saved me and he changed me oh can I just testify like a church mother come on I, I first give an honor to God who is the head of my life I wonder if it's somebody in here that can and I wonder if it's somebody that says that we give him praise because he is a deliverer and so look you can call me flipper you can call me whatever you want it don't matter because in that moment I got what I needed from the Lord and God caused chains to break off of my life that were holding me down and that were holding me down and the fact is I came today to declare to the spirit of fear that has been hindering many of you from crying out come on the spirit of fear that has been holding you down and stopping you from asking for help in the middle of your ish come on can I your issue can I just talk to somebody today and let you know that that fear oftentimes is what is hindering us from getting what it is can I tell you I want to I want to deal with this in the text uh, because I am unashamed that's why in case somebody hasn't realized yet I don't care what y'all think of me come on I don't care what anybody thinks of me once I realize that God has in his hands the ability to give me what it is that I need once I realize that this God is deserved of my praise and my worship it don't matter if you look at me it don't matter if you're like oh it takes too much no that's too much it does not matter because even when I give him the most I can he still deserves more than that any witnesses in the house today and so look man I want to deal with this text because I believe the spirit of fear is hindering so many of us from doing what we need to do in the time that it is presented for such to take place Mark chapter 10 are you there Mark chapter 10 verse 46 through 52 and I want us to deal with this passage here this story is one that I love and I believe that there are many of you and I just declare I stand flat-footed in the authority of Jesus name and declare and believe that some of you are going to be de de delivered and set free from the spirit of fear today do you have faith somebody say amen here we go verse 46 and they came to Jericho and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples a great crowd uh, Bartimaeus somebody say Bartimaeus and the great crowd Bartimaeus a blind beggar the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside now there are different ways that you can learn that someone is a son right so for example you might see uh Ben Timaeus which would mean that he is a son but bar is a Syriac word somebody say a Syriac Syriac word and so bar here means son so when you see bar Bartimaeus this is simply saying that he is the son of a man named or a person named Timaeus and so he was sitting by the roadside and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to cry out and say Jesus son of David have mercy on me he's blind 
He's been in this position for a very long time. He's sitting at the roadside and he is in the place where he catches wind amidst the crowd as Jesus is going into. See, good stuff happens in Jericho. Uh, uh, some Bible reader got that. You know, remember the walls uh, and all this. And so he, he, they, go, they come to Jericho. Here he is. And he's blind uh, Bartimaeus. He finds out that, uh, that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he begins to cry out. Now, this is so powerful. Uh, I want to first give a little background to uh, Matthew chapter, you know, 20, verse 29 through 34. And other places as well uh, record this similar story. But in Matthew, for example, it records two blind men somebody say two blind men but as the commentator albert barnes would note uh, that this is not the fact that that uh that that mark records just one it's not a contradiction he just chooses to highlight uh bartimaeus because more than likely he is a popular person he is someone that is notable and so he highlights him because he is well known in this passage and so this is powerful he finds out that jesus is there and he says he says cries out jesus son of david have mercy on me now i want you to understand when he's referring to christ as son of david someone say son of david this is one of the messianic titles of christ in other words he calls him this because he is recognizing he knows that this is the messiah and one of the assignments of the Messiah was not only that he was going to show up and do things spiritually and spiritually open the eyes of the blind. But one of his assignments, it declared that he would be one when he came. He would be anointed to set people free that were bound, but he would also open the eyes of the blind. And so this is powerful because Bartimaeus, when he's here and he says, son of David, he's not just crying out some random title, but he's crying out. He's crying out because he recognizes that, the, uh, that his opportunity has arrived for his situation to change. Oh, I love this. Here we're talking about blindness and we're talking about physical blindness. But how many of you know uh, you've been, many of us, and I can witness uh, that we are having certain situations in our life. And oftentimes, can I tell you this, we miss the opportunities that God brings our way for deliverance because of fear. Bartimaeus is there. He can't even see. He already looks out of the ordinary sitting by the roadside. And in that moment, he is there and he says, my opportunity to experience the messianic power of Jesus, uh, this one that was prophesied about, is here right now. And while this opportunity is with me, while this opportunity is here, instead of allowing fear of what people are going to say about me to stop me, come on somebody, I am going to take this moment to be able to cry out. So that Jesus can hear me. Can I tell you that one of the greatest deliverances that we are in need of is the deliverance from people? One of the greatest deliverances that we need to be uh, free from is the deliverance of people and the opinions of people. Here it is. Here's point number one for you. Somebody say point one. I got a few and we're out of here. Don't let fear rob you of ripe opportunities. Don't let fear rob you of right opportunities. Can I let you know this? Uh, sometimes, watch this, it's not that God hasn't sent opportunities. It's that you've allowed your fear to rob you of them. 
there are many of us who say God is not answering and God he sent it he said it he sent the phone call he sent the letter in the mail certain things you got accepted but you said no I'm too old you got the opportunity you said no I'm not qualified you got God has put the dream and the vision in your heart and you won't write the vision and make it plain it's not that God doesn't send the opportunities a lot of times he sends it but we allow our fear to rob it are you hearing what I'm saying today? Don't let fear rob you of ripe opportunities. What are you allowing your fear to rob you of today? I'm telling you, there are world changers in this room. Come on, this ain't some prosperity preaching, but I declare to you, and you said it earlier. I want you to hear you said, I'm alive because there is more. Indeed, it is true. How many of you know that not everybody is alive right now? And so if you and I are alive, that means that we're still here to accomplish something. And many of us have been allowing our situation, our circumstances, our sight, because we are unable to see. Bartimaeus could have made an excuse and said, I can't even see right now. This could be somebody putting me up to a sham. But how many of you know we walk by faith? Oh, can I just call the Bible and not by sight? And many of you, you can't see how God would use you. Oh, I feel fear getting scared right now. In Jesus' name, we rebuke you. Some of you are sitting here saying, I can't see myself owning that. I can't see myself writing that. I can't see myself doing that. And God's saying, I didn't call you to be able to see it for yourself. I don't call the equip come on i equip the called and if i called you to do it i'm going to give you the grace and the strength to be able to carry it out i've gotten to the place where i realize man i want everything god has for me when i die uh, if the lord wills on um, and he don't come back first i want to die on empty any other witnesses other than me I want you to lay hands on yourself right now where you are. Come on and declare and say, I will not let fear rob me of another opportunity. Or you ought to declare and say, I won't let fear rob me of another opportunity. Glory to God if that's your declaration. Come on, praise him in advance. Look, he knew the right time to cry out. It's not only did he, he knew, he knew, he was hip, he understood, he educated himself, even though he was blind. Listen, man, I'm telling you, don't let it, some of you, you're sleeping on people. <laughs> I just feel it. You're looking down on people, uh, because, and, and many of us, we project our insecurities on others, but we look down on them because they're like, oh, they're blind, they can't really see. I'm here to tell you, some of the most unassuming people are the ones that know when it's the right time to cry out. Come on, some of the ones you counted out because of their miseducation or their lack of education, rather, they are the ones that know. Don't let anybody downplay you because of your youth or because of where you're at in the position we i love that god can take and use anyone for his glory that would open themselves up to him instead of allowing fear to rob them and so i love it are y'all still with me look at what happens in the text though right because so look 
He gets the faith. He gets the boldness in that moment to cry out for Jesus, son of David, to have mercy on him. He doesn't even ask him, watch, uh, to be able to heal him from blindness. He just declares and says to have mercy on him. Verse 48, and the Bible says, and they uh, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But look at what he does. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. In that moment, he could have, he could have been in that position where he allowed. Because this is what happens when it is, some of you, you have gotten to the place where you've exercised boldness. And you said, well, pastor, I have tried. And pastor, I, you know what? I started writing that thing. I applied uh, for school. I took the first step and I did whatever. And then a parent, a manipulative parent called you and said, listen, man, you know we don't go to school in this family. Oh, some of y'all don't think that stuff is real. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, man, I mean, you should you shouldn't even consider that because you know how this happens or how that happens. Some friends in your life uh, showed you, you know, there's a lot of people. You took that step. You know, God called you to be with that person. And then, you know, those haters that will always show up in your life talking and telling you, uh, you know, man, that marriage stuff, that's overrated. Y'all don't like this type of preaching, do you? Oh, uh, that marriage stuff, that's overrated. You know, you get, you're going to lose your benefits. Okay, I just went down. I'm just going to go ahead and close. <laughs> Can I just keep it real today? And see, some of y'all, uh, you're not getting married and honoring God. I'm just going to talk about it. I don't know who I'm talking about. If I'm talking about you, then take it, you know, uh, and, and I hope that it applies to you and I hope that it helps you. I don't know who I'm talking about. But I just want you to know that many of us, you're not getting married and honoring God because of some government benefits. Can I talk to somebody that knows that God honoring God is better than government benefits and the same God that brought you together will blow your mind in covenant far better than the teeth in God? people don't like this stuff but i just i just i still believe in the power of holy matrimony come on somebody i still believe that there is power in honoring god there's some of you that are cheating and lying and stealing because you think that you're gonna get ahead but i wonder if it's anybody that knows that calling out to jesus and trusting in him no no perfect people allowed no i'm not judging you but some of y'all been in this thing for like 20 years it's time for a change okay i preach for deliverance y'all i preach for breakthrough we're not talking we're not standing up here cute if you don't like me that's okay you don't have i'm just don't shoot the messenger amen and so look but notice the haters show up and they tell him to shut up but he cried out all the more son of david have mercy on me and jesus stopped my cry stops jesus when you cry out, I said this last week, I'll say it again. Jesus does not wear earplugs around his children. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter. Uh, Peter declares in 1 Peter 5 verse 6 through 8. He says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Doing what? Casting all. Somebody say all. 
all your anxieties on him because he cares for you all of your anxieties on him all of your anxieties on him even the things that you do not think are he, he desires to hear he wants to hear about those things and he says, cast them on him because he cares for you. This is why Brian Bartimaeus is yelling out and he's crying out and it stops Jesus in his tracks. And he says, call him. Can I give you point number two? Here we go. Point number two. Watch this. Opposition should intensify your cry, not your fear. Opposition should intensify your cry not your fear when people tell you to shut up but you have been encouraged by the lord to yell out when you know that this is the opportune moment for you to do what god has put in your heart to do oh i want to stir the faith of somebody in here today when haters show up that should not stop you that should make you cry louder somebody say cry louder you ought to cry louder. You ought to go forward with more veracity, more intensity. Come on. You ought to go forward when it is that God told you to do something. When you are compelled to cry out to the Lord. You keep crying. A lot of you, you've been calling out to God and you stop because the devil's been punking you. And so you back off and you're like, oh man, this thing must not be working because the devil, look at what's happening. Look how stuff is falling to shambles. Don't you know that's because oftentimes he sees that if you don't get weary in well-doing, come on Galatians chapter 6, that in due season you will reap if you don't faint. His desire is to get you to faint so you can't reap. And we've been allowing the fear that happens in our lives to stop us from being able to, from being consistent with our cry. To, from being consistent in seeking God in the midst of difficulty. And we, also, we oftentimes shrink back. And so our opposition should intensify our cry, not our fear. And what I'm not saying, what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't take the counsel of people. Because some people are just like, I'm just, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. No, if there are trusted, there are trusted voices in your life. Yes, listen to wisdom. Yes, listen to counsel. That's why the Bible says, let a thing be established in the mouth of two or three. But the people in your life they, that are godly as they're praying with you, they're going to affirm the agenda of God. Not talk you out of it. Come on, somebody. And so we got to get to the place where we're there. Now watch this. I love it. Peep this, peep this. Uh, so he says, call him. And then the Bible says, and they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. Wait a minute. Are y'all the same people that just was telling me when I was yelling to shut up? And now y'all want to jump on and be some bandwagon fan fans? And suddenly out of nowhere now you switch and now you're calling, you're calling out in that moment and telling me to come. Isn't it crazy how the people who tried to shut you up can turn around and end up being in the position where they start trying to push you into destiny? Y'all ever experience any switch ups in your life? People that used to tell you you weren't going to make it and then as soon as you start making it, they end up coming out with their hand. Maybe I'm the only person that ever met anybody like that. Maybe I'm the only person that's ever been there in my life. Can I just tell on myself? 
And so the fact of the matter is, it's important that we get to the place, here it is, uh, that we realize that, you know, this is why you never know what's going to happen. God can always call, cause a switch around. Those same people that were telling him to shut up end up switching around and they end up coming back and telling him to go and, and, and come to Christ. It's crazy. Here's point number, uh, point number three for you because this is crazy. This is, this is, this is prophetic to somebody here uh, that's been having so many haters in your life and people hindering you over the years and you're like man what on earth is this here you go number three God can turn your haters into your helpers <laughs> oh I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that you serve a God that can turn the people that were telling you to shut up into the people that will help you it's a lot of people that downplayed you and God is just he's saying stand still until I make your enemies your And you've been cussing folk out. You've been throwing all sorts of fingers. You've been going off at people. Come on, somebody. I dare you to just stay on the agenda. When they told him to shut up, he cried out even louder. I dare you. When they're like, girl, oh, come on. You don't have to worry about that credit. I know you're trying to pay that credit down. You can get those red bottoms. It's okay. Come on. Can I just talk to somebody? You can go and get them. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you still got to look good too. You work hard. You work hard. You know people try to justify that stuff. Because how many of you know haters don't only come and tell you to do stuff that sounds bad they're like you work hard baby you know you need to go and you need to spend that money it's okay the, the debt is still gonna be there and oh no but you've been committed to paying down that debt come on because you're not trying to leave generational debt you're trying to leave generational wealth come on somebody you want to get to the place where you leave an inheritance for your children's children and you've been making the effort to pay it down and people been trying to pull you back no you stand where you need to stand Live like, as Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later. And people with this instant gratification. And it's crazy though how the Lord can turn the haters around. The same ones that were talking you down. And he can turn them into your cheerleaders. Can I just tell you, man? Can I just let you in on a little secret? Because I've been going, I've been being myself uh, for years. And this is why I wanted this church, uh, apostolically if you will, to be founded on a principle of authenticity. Because I believe that God has fashioned every single one of us to be to the place where we are uh, effective. We can contribute to the lives of one another when we be ourselves. And many of us have been allowing people to talk us out of who God has made us so that, come on, so that we can fit in. But I'm to the place where I want you to understand a lot of times people talking you out of yourself. How many of you know that if you be, be yourself long enough that at some point you'll come in style? It's a lot of stuff that people used to talk and I and I used to fall into those traps all the time. As a young preacher, I'll never forget. As a young preacher, they told me, you preach too loud. Why you got to hold the mic like a rapper? Come on, somebody. Because we're dropping bars, fam. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm just messing. But no, people talking about me, why you got to sound like you have an asthma attack? Why you always got to be so loud? Come on, somebody. I told people, I'm like, this is just the way he gave it to me. This is just the way that it is. I love the style of preaching. This is the way I was reared. Come on, in preaching the context that I was in, and I love it. Come on. And I started hanging around certain people uh, that didn't look like me, and they're like, brother, you just need to tone it down a bit. Or, you know, maybe you just, and I actually started listening. 
And I realized over time, I was just like, man, okay, you know. And I tried to start calming it down and all of this stuff and whatever. And how many of you know that, uh, you know, no matter how loud you are uh, or, or, or the style, stylistically, the way you communicate, it's the content that matters the most. And so I was delivering content, but I still was preaching it the way that I that I'm desired and, and, and wired to be able to communicate. I started changing the way that I communicated, started trying to talk in a certain way and all of this. And then I turned around and seen some people that didn't look like me starting to hold the mic up here. Come on, somebody. And then I started seeing people who don't look like me starting to put some tune in their voice when they're preaching. And I started seeing them talk a little bit louder than regular. And the whole groups of people that don't look like me saying, yeah, preach. This is dope. Okay, I'm not going to call no names. And I'm like, hold up a second. Aren't these the same groups that were telling me? And I realized, I realized, I allowed. So I just keep, I keeps it real fam. But I realize, I'm like, God, when people come and they tell you to stop, come on, or they try to shift you and change you and make you something that you are not and that God has not wired you to be, uh, the fact of the matter is, though people that were trying to talk me down, now somehow this started to come into style. And I click right back into position. I'm like, I'm going to preach the way that he gave it to me for the rest of my life until they take my toe. And guess what? If I say it again, if all of me can't come, I ain't coming. I'm off the soapbox. I'm off the soapbox. God can turn your haters into your helpers. Come on. And not only this, I just love this. I'm going to be done here. I just love it because look at what happens after this. Bible says, and Jesus said to, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they called him, said, take heart. Same people that told him, shut up. So I was talking about take heart. Get up. He is calling you. And then not only this, verse 50, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. I love this blind Bartimaeus I can just see him he's in this position he has this cloak this thing that is covering him that has him bound and I love the fact that Mark notes this in this moment it's it, you know I love the details that are here because this thing that has him there that he's covering himself with he's been covering himself he's been he's been hiding himself with this cloak there in the corner but the opportunity pops up because the Messiah is present and in that moment, he says, you know what? I am not going to stay here anymore. I'm not taking up this cloak that I used to cover myself with and hide myself with. I don't need this no more. He throws it off. And blind Bartimaeus in this moment, he's coming. And he tries to find the Savior. He springs up. I love it. Imagine he's blind, but he springs up. He springs up. And he finds his way to Jesus. He does not allow the fear of the fact that he cannot see his inadequacies or the things that people say should be a hindrance. He doesn't allow those things to stop him. He throws off his cloak. And he goes to Jesus. And Bible says, I love verse 51. Note this. He asked Jesus to have mercy on him. And Jesus doesn't say to him, notice, Jesus says in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? He doesn't say to him, okay, son, I'm going to heal you of your blindness. He doesn't, the man didn't even 
ask him to heal him of his blindness it be uh, prior to this moment but Jesus asks him what do you want me to do for you and the blind man says to him rabbi let me recover my sight and Jesus said to him go your way your faith has made you well and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way does this mean that every time we cry out to Jesus that he immediately is always going to do stuff like this no that's not what I'm saying do some people cry out and uh because the will of the Lord is otherwise that God heals them by head by a heaven as opposed to on the earth uh the fact is yes sometimes God does choose to heal people ultimately by taking them into his presence in heaven but the fact of the matter is that many of us do not realize or make use of the benefit uh, that comes with the presence of Christ the Messiah in our midst and now among us by the Holy Spirit we don't make use of this because of our fear this man is teaching us watch this because Jesus asks him what do you want me to do for you and he gives him his request I declare this over you watch this verse number four and this one I'm done and we're out of here faith opens the ears of heaven and fear opens the gates of hell when he exhibits his faith in that moment when he springs up at the call of Christ and the help of his haters Jesus is so blessed by the faith that he has in that moment come on somebody that he says what do you want me to do for you and he pushing past his fear answers that question let me recover my sight and Jesus says your go and your faith has made you well I'm telling you I just want to declare this prophetically over serve city I have been hearing so many incredible testimonies and I am declaring it and believing it with you that we are under an open heaven come on somebody and that in this season the presence of the Lord is with us in a mighty way even things like what happened last week oh I wish somebody would hear me in the spirit even things like what happened last week is God's reminder of us that his presence is here with us and there are many of you that have been walking in fear in the middle of your situation when the Messiah is near and his desire is to cause breakthrough in your life and instead of gaining the ear of heaven with your faith you have been releasing the dogs of hell with your fear and the fact of the matter is that hell feeds on your fear and the spirit of darkness this is the thing it only lives when you demonstrate your fear but I did see that's the thing you starve it by faith when you put your trust in God when you say God I can't see how I'm gonna make it out of this but all things work together for good I can't see how and so because I'm gonna trust you because you could frame the world with your words I'm going to trust you because right now everything is being held together by the power of your words. As a result, I'm going to trust you. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But there's someone in here today under the sound of my voice. Someone watching online. You have been feeding your fear. And you have been to the place where instead of, and you're wondering why it is that so many things are pervasive in your life. You're feeding your fear. 
instead of feeding your faith and putting your trust in Christ and today I call you out of that fear there's some of you you come and you show up to church and you're a spectator and even when you feel that unction that you need to cry out to God this is the atmosphere for it when you feel that unction and you know some of you you got your hands to right here and then the devil's like if you just do it this way uh, then they're not going to see it so you're still safe because then you don't have to look weird and so you have your hands right here you got your hands right here but they can't and, and and God is saying I need you to just stretch for some of you it's just stretching your hands all the way out to him saying you know what I don't care what people look how people look at me I need Jesus more than the approval of people can I tell you crying out is not a Pentecostal thing it's a Bible thing oh I wonder if there's anybody it's not a charismatic thing it's not a black thing it's not a white thing it's a bible thing when people don't allow their situations to hinder them and make them cower in fear but when they cry out to god when they seize the opportunities that he has put before them god does mighty things with our faith and he can do more with your faith than satan can with your fear more of you many of you you've been trusting your fear more than your faith thinking that it's going to do something for you and I encourage you today I encourage you today to get to the place where your trust in faith your trust in Christ is paramount don't live another day where you let fear rob you of what God has called you to if this message has blessed you go ahead and put those hands together and give the Lord the praise I'm no longer a slave to fear I believe somebody's gonna be free and I am a child of God come on sing it where you are come on and I'm no longer you who are afraid of death today we rebuke that spirit of fear come on come to the one who is life I am a child don't be afraid of tomorrow. He holds tomorrow. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Declare it over you. And I am. I am a child. I'm no longer. Come on. I'm no longer Yes, Lord. I know we're wondering about these jobs and what's going to happen. But he's still Jehovah Jireh. And even if the job dries up, his provision won't dry up. Come on, somebody. Miracle testimonies are coming. I am a child of God. Come on, say, I am. <laughs> One more time, say, and I belong. Somebody just needs to worship. I am a child. just worship our God come on just worship our God today I feel like somebody just needs to cry out in this moment Ooh. Ooh. come on cry out come on 
prayer to the forces of darkness cry out to him you part the sea so I can walk right through it your voice church all fear is gone Listen, 
I'm gonna, we're going to open the doors and call for people to be saved in a moment. But I have to do this moment. Someone from where in your seat, you're like, Pastor, I want you to pray over me. I'm battling fear. I don't care if you've been to this altar 10 times before. We're going to keep crying out. Come on, somebody. And if that's you and you're like, man, I want this thing broken off of me. Run from your seat. Come to the altar. Space yourself out. I'm not going to lay hands. I just want to pray over you. I want to agree in faith over you. If that's you, yeah, come on. I'm scared about tomorrow. I've been battling that fear. I've been battling about my job. I've been battling about these decision-making, relational issues. And tonight, today, I need you, Jesus. Come on, come to this altar and lift those hands. Don't be scared. Push past your fear. For some of you, this might have been your first time doing so. And begin to cry out to the Lord for the next few moments. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, open your heart to Him. I'm going to pray over you in a second. Say, yo. Oh. fearful of in your heart that fearful of fear in your mind what is that thing you know what it is what's that thing that's keeping you up awake every night what's that thing the presence of God is here and he's greater than it I feel the spirit of fear even all through this place but we're going to declare and we're going to break that thing we believe it's going to break as your faith opens the ears of heaven and we're going to starve that spirit of fear and so even now, stretch those hands real high. If that was you, stretch it high. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Here we go. I'm going to pray over you now. Let's join our faith. Those in the congregation, you stretch your hands towards them if you're not believing for yourself. God, I thank you right now for everyone who has come to this altar. God, I thank you that you are a deliverer. God, I thank you even if we started this, as we started this service, we said the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom or what shall we fear? What can man do to us? when you are on our side if you are for us who can be against us so even now in this moment lord god those who have come lord god and have gained your ear lord jesus through their cries out lord through their stretching of their hands lord i pray that you begin to meet situations god begin to meet them and reward their faith because you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you cause doors to open financial doors cause minds to be open and cause peace lord god in sleep in the name of jesus lord may they truly leave the things that they're facing at the altar lord we pray for open doors and right now we call out the spirit of fear we say come out of there come out of there you don't deserve to be there you have no hope loose your hope loose your hope loose your hope where faith is present loose your hope loose your hope we declare the breakthrough of the Lord we declare the freedom of the Lord right now in the name of Jesus now drop those hands and begin to praise him like you believe it's done come on now clap them clap them like you believe it's already done hallelujah now go back to your seat praising come on go back to your seat praising come on say you part the sea so I can walk right through yes Lord our fears are drowned in perfect love 
break it and I just want them to say I'm no longer I'm no longer a slave come on church you may be seated I am a child I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave say I am a child of God come on I am a child of God. Come on, put those hands together one more time and give him the praise. Woo! Anybody love his presence? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so listen, we would be remiss before we close out the service and end around the Lord's table as we do. We would be remiss if we did not call out for someone and give someone an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible makes it clear that fear and death and all of these things are a reality in our lives today because of this thing called sin. Somebody say sin. This sin passed on and death passed on to all mankind. And fear and all of this that comes along with it because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. This is why it became hereditary. This is why we don't have to teach our children to be sinners. We don't have to teach them to disobey. We just have to be to the place where we are trusting, where we realize that they, that they make these decisions and they come out with these things in their heart already. And so the fact of the matter is the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. Somebody say death. But the gift of God, somebody say the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so when you and I, despite the sin and despite the death sentence that we are born with in death and hell, as the Bible makes clear, good news is that the gift of God is available to us because over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. He lived perfectly on our behalf because he knew that you and I couldn't. And not only did he do that, after being born miraculously of the blessed Virgin Mary, but not only this, he then goes and he dies in our place on the cross. And not only does he die in our place, the Bible makes it clear that on the third day, bright and early, come on somebody, anybody still excited about it? He got up! With all power in his hands. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you up from any situation, any circumstance. And most importantly, it can make you right with God. You can have relationship with him starting now. Not just when you die, but starting right now. And someone's saying, how does this happen? How does this happen? And we find that Peter, in the book of Acts... In Acts chapter 2, God pours out his Holy Spirit as was prophesied and promised. And when he does so, 3,000 people are like, yo, thousands of people are like, what on earth do we need to do? We've heard this good news about what Jesus did because he preaches to them about what Jesus did and dying for their sins and rising from death. What do we do? And he sums up what many scriptures have to say about getting right with God getting into relationship with him the first thing he says is repent somebody say repent 
what that means is you acknowledge you're a sinner you acknowledge you're in need of salvation that you're separated from God and you say God I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry for what it is that I've done and it's a turn in faith somebody say believe so repentance and then believe turning in faith and saying Jesus I give you my life I believe that you came I believe that you died I believe that you rose from death with all power so that's where that faith comes in and then we live this faith out and we go all the way and we seal it off in baptism somebody say baptism so he says repent and be baptized every one of you he says for the remission or the forgiveness of sins and this is a powerful thing and so today I call you to repent to put your trust and faith in Jesus and to be baptized and today if you have never done that if you have never been baptized if you have never put your trust and faith in Christ I want to invite you in fact next week we have a baptism and you're like man I want to I want to join those who will be baptized next week online in the house I want to call you you can join them and make that decision to be baptized and to go all the way with Christ baptism is the entrance sign into the Christian faith into the Christian body and declare publicly your faith before everyone buried with Christ rise to him his new life anybody excited about baptism still I mean I just love that stuff man and someone today you're like I already been baptized I just walked away from God and I've been convicted and I want to come home today well I want to invite you home no you don't need to go and be rebaptized. you just need to return to the grace of your baptism and today you can come back home and you can say Lord I'm coming back home to you because you may have run away from him but he's never run away from you and there's space at the Lord's table for you too come on somebody and so today I want to call you to Christ for the first time or I want to call you to recommit your life to him and so every head bow every eye closed in this moment every head bow every eye closed if that person is you if you're like pastor that's me today I'm no longer letting fear hinder me. Some of you, you've been scared to trust Christ. And you're like, today is my day. I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to go all the way. Not only that, I'm going to go all the way in baptism. Or someone in here, you're like, you know what? I want to recommit my life to him. I'm coming back home today. Devil, you can't have me anymore. Don't let him tell you you need to get it together first. No, he'll get you together. Come to him just as you are. And so on the count of three in the house, those who are online, if that person is you and you're like, that's me. Today I'm committing my life to Christ or recommitting my life to him. On the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up between me and God. Here we go. Every head bowed, every, head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Come on. That's you. I see that hand. Praise God. Is there any? I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody? I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see those hands in the house is there and we see you in the spirit online praise the Lord listen all right drop those hands in this moment drop those hands now everybody open those eyes and can we put our hands together and celebrate those who have made decisions for Christ come on we can do better than that somebody shout hallelujah